Well, God's good, amen? We got a new member today in our church. Uh, the Bomias have a new little, little uh, boy. Huh? Dane Bradford. He, they're in the back there. Well, I, why don't you all stand up? Glad to have them here. Praise God. Um, I, I, forgot about the, I forgot the name for a minute there. But I still remember how much it weighed. It weighed over 10, he, he weighed over 10 pounds. That's a, yeah, yeah. See, all the ladies go, wow. <laughs> uh, probably they said, ouch, or whatever. But anyway, so it's glad to have you guys. It's a great day we're living in. I get the opportunity to receive the offering. And so uh, the ushers, if you could please come. If you're giving cash or like a receipt, just slip your hand up one of these ushers, give you an offering envelope. Um, if you make it on a check, you make it out to Destiny Church. There is a way to give online. And one of these days, I'm going to uh, hear about it before I get up here, but I don't think about it. But there is a way, uh, texting. But um, anyways, I don't know. Us old people, you know, one day we're going to be telling our kids about checks. We're going to be saying, remember checks? They go, checks? Um, I was going through some of my dad's old stuff, and I found a I found an eight-track. Remember eight-tracks? Uh, eight-track cassettes, a big, yeah, some of you guys are like, what? It was before cassettes. Some of you don't even remember cassettes, which was before DVD, uh, CDs. It's kind of like a transition there. But anyways, uh, we're glad that you're here. But I, I want to I just say this. So thankful for all your giving. I really appreciate it a lot. Uh, you know, I, I heard over this pandemic uh, period, uh, you know, there were churches that actually closed down because they couldn't make it financially. And uh, we actually did tremendous through this time. And that's because of you guys. We were able to do a lot of remodeling around here. As you can see, uh, we gradually, we have a little bit left to do. But um, so, uh, and that's really a tribute to you guys. I appreciate so much your generosity, your giving, your standing with us. It shows that uh, you really have a heart for God. I really appreciate that a lot. And uh, we've been able to continue our support of missionaries. And, uh, you know, we support many missionaries, orphans. So we, get do, we have a lot of stuff going on overseas. And so we just want to tell you how much we appreciate you and all your giving. We really appreciate it a lot. I, can't, I wish I had a different way of saying it so that it would make a bigger impact on you, how much I appreciate uh, that you guys stood with us over this time and are continue to stand with us. It means a lot to us. Let's pray over our offering. Lord, thank you that we can give. We're just so grateful for all that you've done for us. And we just thank you for these awesome people, Lord, and, and how you have uh, put your spirit upon them and how you've quickened them, Lord. Just, we just pray, Lord, that those promises of your word that tell us that as we give, that it's given, we never have, we'll never have lack. And I just thank you for that, for every person here. They won't have lack. They'll lack no good thing. I thank you for that. We just pray a blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, men, pass the offering buckets. One thing I've been doing is I've been um, praying uh, for our nation. And, uh, you know, it's a really important time right now for us to pray for our nation. Uh, there's a lot of upheaval, and there's a lot of people on different, you know, different sides of it. But I just want you to know that I believe that America has come through a lot of uh, what you call it, uh, crises. And uh, we've always come through. 
And the thing is with a crisis is uh, we, should never, uh, we should never waste a crisis. It's a time for uh, good to come. Uh, some people think, oh, it's a, time, it's a time of evil. Well, it's not necessarily a time of evil. It can be a time of tremendous change for the good. Tremendous change for the good. But it's really up to us to pray. Pray for our nation. And uh, I like what John was saying there about speaking over our nation. You know, um, <clears throat> I, was, I was listening to this uh, college professor, and he was alarmed because some of the trends that he saw in Russia before it went into communism, some of those trends are in our nation. And he was very alarmed by it. But I thought, I was thinking about that, I thought, oh, that's terrible. And, but one thing I don't think that Russia had, and I'm not trying to be critical, but one thing they didn't have is they didn't have a vibrant church. And I, I just believe with all my heart, if the church, I'm not just talking about our church, I'm talking about the church in America. If the church in America, Christians in America, come together and pray, something supernatural is going to happen. And I really, really believe that. And so, so when you look at it from that standpoint, you go, our greatest days are yet ahead. Our greatest days are yet ahead. But having said that, could you stand one more? I mean, I know this is like gymnastics church, but could you stand one more time with me? And could we just pray together and agree and declare over our nation and its leaders? You know, the, Paul said, I exhort that, first of all, prayer, supplication, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Then he goes for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. And so it's totally scriptural for us to pray for our leaders. So I, I usually say grab your neighbor's hand, but we're, not, we're supposed to be social distancing which uh, I don't know how we're doing a very good job about that. But anyways, so let's just, but let's just uh, grab our hearts together and let's agree. How's that sound? Lord, we just thank you right now for this great nation. We are so appreciative, Lord, for everything that you've done for this nation. And Lord, we just thank you for raising this nation up as a great city on a hill. And Lord, we know that there are things that need to change. But Lord, we want, to, we want those things to change in your timing. And we want those things to change for the furtherance of your kingdom, the furtherance of your gospel, the furtherance of uh, your church rising, forth, rising up in this nation. And we just pray right now. We just speak to darkness that's in this nation. We just speak to it right now in the upheaval and the disunity right now. We just stand against it in Jesus' name. We pray, God, that you bring us together as one with one voice, the ch your church together, as one voice in this land. Hallelujah. Father, we just ask you that you would come and invade this nation. Come invade its institutions. Come and invade every sphere of its, of its existence, Lord. We just pray, God, that you would be exalted in this nation once again, that your name would be declared from the north to the south, the east to the west. Lord, that this, this would be a time of tremendous tremendous revival of people coming to know you, Lord, in an intimate way. We pray that it be a time of signs, wonders, and miracles throughout this nation, Lord. And we pray, God, that you would uh, bless our leaders, Lord, that you would give us leaders after your heart. Hallelujah. We just declare over our leaders right now that every single one of them, every man, every woman, will we'll begin to do your will. We declare that they will they'll begin to acknowledge your existence, Lord, and they will do what you want, we pray. 
We declare that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for saving this nation. Hallelujah. Thank you for your hand upon it. Everybody that agrees, say amen. 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 Wait, I, before you sit down, I got one more prayer request. We just heard that there was a, a, somebody in our church family. They, they, um, there's a little boy that they're trying to find. Um, and I just want us to pray right now. Uh, I, I want to keep it, the name uh, secret. I don't know if that's the right word, but I don't know if they, I didn't get their permission to. But can we just pray anonymously, kind of? Just, Lord, right now we pray for this little boy. Lord, right now, God, we just pray, first of all, for the little boy's safety, Lord. Hallelujah. We just thank you right now for, for the safety of that child in Jesus' name. And we just pray, Lord, wherever he is, Lord, that they would find him, that he'd be safe and sound. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We just thank you, Lord, that no harm or no uh, danger will come to that child, but that it'll be found. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody agree, say amen. God, he's been found. Okay. Well, good. That was a good answer to prayer. <laughs> you may be seated. <laughs> See, that's the thing when you got cell phones. There's all this information that's going around in the church. We're not, I'm not even aware of it. You know, it's, it's like, did you hear that? You know, they're just zipping that stuff around. But, but um, you know, it's really exciting. Um, we have, uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, like last week, there's a guy going around to all these cities and he's holding worship conferences. And so it's exciting. And thousands of people show up to worship and they pray and they worship. And I think that's just awesome. That's the church uh, demonstrating and not only just demonstrating, but, but uh, you know, pushing back the darkness. You know, worship is such an important thing because it, it um, you know, we see in the Old Testament that it was actually something that, uh, dealt with the darkness that's in, a, in uh, the world of the enemies. And our enemies are not people, but it's ideas, thoughts, spiritual wickedness. And so when we worship, it actually, uh, the enemy hates to hear us worship. That, that to me is a motivation when I worship. I go, the enemy hates this. You're going to hear my voice. <laughs> Even though it's not that great, but it's, I'm gonna, you're going to hear it anyways. But anyways... So this morning, we have a real treat for you. Let me just make one more announcement. Um, so next uh, Sunday, we have a regular service. But then the next week is our 40th anniversary. So in two weeks, we've been a, in two weeks, we've been a church for 40 years. Trish and I came. We will probably show you some pictures of us, uh, you know, just young uh, whippersnappers, uh, bug eye, we don't even know what we're doing type people and, and uh, ready to, uh, uh, you know, God, you know, the Lord told me that this work was of him and that it would not, it would not fail. And, um, and so, but I tried to screw it up. I tell you that right now, but, but anyways, um, but, but God sustained us all these years. And so to celebrate that, we're going to be having, um, we were going to have some other things, but because of the pandemic, we're not going to have them. We're going to probably have them in the spring. But we, we are going to have a special speaker, David Wagner. Now, he's been here before, and uh, we've had tremendous meetings with him. He's a great guy. He's prophetic. He, he prophesies over people. And, uh, 
He's, um, uh, he's gonna, it's going to be a great time. And so he's going to be here a Saturday night, which is the 3rd of October, Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night. So three meetings. Um, and so we want to make sure you all come. We're not going to be doing a lot of high-scale advertising, but uh, we are going to uh, ask you to, to invite people. They, they will be blessed. David has a real heart for people. He loves people, uh, and he wants to see them help. And that's the focus of his um, prophetic ministry. And so just want to encourage you all to come. And, uh, be, you know, prophecy is a scriptural thing. It's found in 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, Paul talked about a lot about the difference between tongues and prophecy. And he encouraged prophecy in the church. And so I just want to encourage you to come. So that'll be, um, uh, remember that in two weeks, two weeks, uh, he'll be here Saturday night, Sunday morning. So this morning we have a real treat, a real treat. I asked my son Jeremy if he would come up here and preach because he's always preaching to me. I don't know if he's trying to straighten me out. But every once in a while, he, he, I go, yeah, that's a good word. So anyways, I don't know if that's going to be one of the words he shares. But anyways, uh, I think we ought to give Jeremy a good hand as he comes here. Every once in a while, he has something good to share. I went over and got my hair cut yesterday. My dad's like, are you supposed to be in your closet, some dark dwelling place and praying and fasting and whipping yourself. I was, I ate that chip, shunt eating it, trying to, <clears throat> I was getting my hair cut. My mom did it. She's open for business. I thought she did great, so. A few lines, but those will grow out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to say something about, you know, we got our 40th, uh, year anniversary or 40th anniversary coming up that we're going to celebrate and uh so i was thinking about that a little bit and i wanted to share something you know my mom and dad uh have you know and there's been others so my mom and dad plus others stan has been here since the beginning he looked different than long hair and no shoes uh but just as wild as he is today um but there were men and women who decided to come uh either move here or they decided to participate in what God was doing at that time. And I think there's a quote, I didn't look it up or whatever, but the, it, I'm going to paraphrase, but the, the vision that they saw, the world that they imagined, that God, the vision that they put in their heart, that they, that they could see in their heart, is now the world that we're living in, right? Now, many of you, most of you have kids or grandkids, and I would, I would dare to say that as a parent early on, you started imagining what is our family going to look like? What are, what are our kids going to grow up and do? And you had a picture in your mind. For some of you might go like, yeah, it happened. Some of you are like, nah, what happened? Uh, but God's grace is there. <laughs> but you had a vision of what it might look like. And so I was just thinking about, okay, we got 40 years coming up. And I started thinking about how those 40, past 40 years, even before I was alive, how those have shaped who I am right now. And if you're here this morning, you've probably been affected in some way by the commitment of men and women who have been here for 40 years. You're the result. Your life is the result 
even if you've only been here for a short while, if you've been here for a long time, you've been affected by that. How incredible is that? I, I know I'm so thankful. And so I was thinking about that, and, I, and as, as I was preparing, I read this scripture. So it kind of goes with my message, but it's kind of not. But I wanted to say this uh, just to honor my parents and honor those who have come before, uh, who have been here for years and have literally poured their lives into this place right here. So you and I get to reap the benefits, get to reap the fruit of their life invested. I mean, it's incredible. And you parents know this. Man, I poured my life into those kids. And there's probably a season where your kids were like, I want to go to Disney World, and I want this, and why can't I have what they... And you're just like, oh, praise the Lord. I love you, right? But there probably came a time where your, where your kids finally realized, like, whoa, I got good parents. My life was pretty good. And, and then you're like, thank, thank you for seeing that, right? <clears throat> so anyway, I read this. It's in 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. And Paul speaking, he goes, And he has anointed me as a preacher, his apostle, and his teacher of truth to the nations. The confidence of my calling enables me to overcome every difficulty without shame. For I have an intimate revelation of this God, and my faith in him convinces me that he is more than able to keep all that I've placed in his hands safe and secure until the fullness of his appearing. So when I read that, I thought about my parents, and I thought about those who have gone, gone before us. And I thought, they were so convinced of their calling that God had shown them a picture of what the world, of what this area could look like, of, of the world they could create. And it was that vision that, they, that God put in your hearts. And it's that vision that others have picked up and held close and, and fought and persisted in. And because of that, I'm standing here right now, loving Jesus. And you've been affected in some way and are standing here. And I'm thankful for that. And the picture I saw was somebody standing like they were holding it, almost looked like a universe or like a world, and they were holding it. And around it was surrounded with, with persistence, and surrounding it was hope. And it's, it's like I saw this picture of this person holding it, and there was times where the persistent kind of persistence and hope kind of grew thin. It was almost like, I don't know, should we just abort mission? Should we just get out? But then hope returned Faith returned, no, we're going to hold on and we're going to continue. And I think that's a picture of what, what has gone over the past 40 years. So I, I just want to honor you guys and thank you for not giving up. We're here today because you didn't give up. Amen. So in a couple of weeks, we'll celebrate again. We'll talk more about it. I know there's a video. I heard uh, a little bird told me that there's going to be a video kind of explaining and celebrating over the past 40 years what's, what's taken place here and uh, cast some vision. And I really believe, as I've been thinking about it, praying, that in a couple of weeks, in that time, I really believe that there's going to be a shift that takes place for this body of believers, for our community, that God's releasing a new vision in this house in the people that belong here or in some way are connected here. There's going to be a new vision, released, new hope, new direction. And uh, so I'm excited about what God's going to do. 
Amen? 40, and I don't know how many more, but a lot. It's going to be good. Well, let's pray. Lord, we thank you uh, for this morning. And as we were singing this morning, some of the things that stood out to me is that God is always working and God is always speaking. So, Lord, we believe this morning that you are working. You've never quit working. You always have been working and you're continuing to work. And God, you're speaking even right now, even when it seems like, oh man, I can't hear it. What's? But he is, he's speaking. So God, we pray that our hearts would be tuned, our ears would be tuned uh, to hear your voice. And God, let our eyes be open to see what you're doing. So we thank you for it. We join our hearts with yours this morning and we open our hearts so that you can do in our hearts what you want to do this morning. So we thank you for it. Amen. I, I just titled my message to give some context. I titled it, On Earth as in Heaven. And uh, I'm going to read here in Ephesians chapter 1. You can turn there. I'm going to read a few more scriptures than we'll talk about, but just to give the context. Verses 15 through 23. Paul praying says this, Because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love toward all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being fulfilled by it. Amen. You know, I, I've been a parent now for about 15 months, so I got it all figured out, as you all know. Oh, that's wonderful. I was talking to a couple with a young one this morning, and they're like, yeah, we're doing sleep training. I'm like, oh, yeah, love it. <laughs> you feel like you're the one being trained? Your kid cries, get in here! <laughs> 
need a bottle. No, you can sleep. You're fine. And then they start crying. There's a little rattle in their throat. And you're like, are they about to blow out their, their throat? And we're going to have some serious damage. I better get in there, right? But so we have, we have a child. And uh, so I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, parenthood and kids. And one of the things that Katie and I have in our discussions about our child uh, is that we have a vision for what we want our child the life we want him to grow up in, and the person we desire him to become, right? All you parents can, yeah, I get that. I want my child to be a little Tasmanian devil, just, you know, like, although sometimes all kids are like that, let's be honest, right? Okay, so you should see our kids sometimes. Oh, he's so nice. He is. He's an amazing child, but there are moments. We're just like, oh, boy, what happened? Uh, but so our desire for our son, we've talked about this, is that we really believe that part of his calling is to be a giant slayer. Slay them giants. I'm not, I, my dad mentioned this too, and I'll, I'll make it clear. We're not talking about humans, right? We're not, look at that person. They're evil. We're going to, ah, no, we're talking about there's principalities, powers, there's, there's, evil things, and those are the things that, that we're, we're addressing, right? So, but we've talked, and we say, we, we want our son to be a giant slayer. <laughs> okay? Slay them giants. Come on, those things, you know? So that's, that's our desire for our child. Well, how many know that right now in 15 months, we're working on other things, right? When we go get our son in the morning, we bring him downstairs, or if I'm at work, I'm not there. But when I am there, bring him downstairs. Guess what we do every morning when we get him up? Every morning. Everybody say, every morning. There's no surprises. Every morning, you know what we do? Bring him downstairs, go, go to the changing table, and lay him down. Every morning. Guess what he does? Every morning. Ah! So I started telling him this, Mike, Benji, you know that every morning... We're going to lay you on the table, and we're going to change your diaper. You know that. Like, kids get used to routines. That's why usually people encourage, yeah, do a routine with your child, and they kind of get used to every morning. Without fail, we come downstairs, we set him on the change table. He always cries. So that's where we're at right now with Benji. Benji, we tell him, we're going to change your diaper. Get the big eyes so he really focuses. Going to change your diaper. Okay. Do you understand? I'm going to change nightmare. And I use that voice when I talk to him sometimes when I'm frustrated. I'm going to change nightmare, okay? <laughs> it's going to happen every morning without fail. So that's where we're at right now. So the, the vision is to slay giants. We're just trying to get him not to cry while we change the diaper. That's where we're at right now. But spiritually speaking, that's kind of where we all start. When we receive Christ, we're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. All things become new. But you're a baby, right? But God's desire for you is that you would grow up and become mature and become a giant slayer, spiritually speaking. Slay them giants, right? That's his desire for you and me as a spiritual son or daughter. But you might not be there yet, okay? You might be just trying to figure out not, how not to cry when he changes your diaper, I don't know where you're at, but, 
But I think it's important that we understand that that is God's desire for us. Is that for you and me, his desire that you become a giant slayer. And maybe there's another way I can put that. Maybe another way to put that is that, how many know that we're facing problems in our world? You're facing problems in your community. You're facing problems in your family that maybe don't have much to do with you other than, yep, that's my family, right? And maybe, and most definitely, you have problems in your life, <laughs> right? You got some things that you're, thank you. You got an honest one back there. <laughs> you have some things going on that you're still trying to work out. And so when I was thinking about this, I go, okay, we have people who are just trying to win some personal victories, and that's where you're at. How many know that's a good place to be? Paul tells, can't, I, try, I, didn't, I didn't look real hard, but I tried to find it, but Paul's talking to somebody, and he goes, he goes, and to you young men, or to you little children, who, see, I'm going to butcher it, but who've won your victory over the evil one, Right? And then he goes, and to you young men, and to you old, and so he kind of lays out that you, we're all in different places in our spiritual walk, right? But what I'm trying to make clear is that there is a vision, there is a, there is a place, there is a person who God sees you as becoming. He has a vision for what that will look like, and it's a problem solver, a giant slayer and a problem solver, Okay? With my son, Benji, I don't go, I just can't wait to change your diapers for the rest of your life. I go, at some point, hopefully around two, we're going to be done with the diapers, right? And you're going to learn to take care of it yourself. Because our goal for our child is that he begins to grow up. He begins to learn to deal with this, right? Win some personal victories. And then as he does that, he goes, huh, I've won some personal victories here. I see some issues going on that I can participate in to bring restoration, to bring what's out of control into control. I don't know if in control is the right word, but to bring some form to the chaos, right? Benji loves to come outside. He loves to be outside. When he comes inside, he usually, again, kind of loses it, which we like that he likes to be outside, but so I'll run out. I got to run outside and like move something. We got all kinds of stuff in our yard, right? <laughs> We've sold some stuff, uh, but so we got to we got to move something or I got to whatever. And ben, Benji wants to come out, so here he comes, and I I set him somewhere and I try to run over and do what I'm going to do before he makes it over or before he finds his way to the garage where there's like oil, you know, and some broken glass. I know. <laughs> Clean up the glass, but. Just haven't yet. <clears throat> so he wants to be involved, and I'm like, that's wonderful. But right now, there's just not a whole lot he can do, you know. But I love the fact that he wants to be involved. And, and so I was just, one day I was moving stuff with the skid steer, and so then he's sitting on my lap, and I'm, I'm moving the skid steer and moving stuff around or whatever. He's just sitting there. He's just loving it, right? He just wants to be involved. And I think, I think the Father, our Heavenly Father, shares that same desire for you and I. That, how many know, like, he's all-sufficient, there's nothing he needs, and yet he invites you and me, and he has a desire for you and me to participate in what he's doing in the earth. <laughs> mm, glory. 
get my, uh, I'm waiting for Anya to give me a shout over here. <laughs> Cheering squad. That's kind of where I came up with the title, On Earth as in Heaven. And as I was preparing, I saw this picture in my mind of a person standing, and they had their hand in the air, and it was like their hand was in heaven. Their hand was in heaven, and they stood on earth. Standing in heaven, they had grasped, not just with their physical hands, but with a spiritual hand, and with their eyes, and with their heart, they had grasped what was in heaven. They had grasped what God was seeing concerning your life, my life, our family, our community, our nation. And they were standing going, I can see from heaven. I'm standing on earth, but I can see what God is saying and what he's doing in heaven right now. And so I take hold of what's in heaven. I let my heart be full of what what God, what the Father is releasing about what he says about the earth. But then I stand on the earth as his representative. Amen? I stand here on earth, so I'm on earth. But let it be as it is in heaven, Lord. Amen? And so then I was reading in Ephesians here. Ephesians 1, and uh, let's just kind of get right to it. Uh, Verse 21. And now he, Jesus, is exalted as first above every ruler. authority, government, and realm of power in existence. Any realm of power that exists, he's first above. You believe that? He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is still to come. Guess what? I would say we're living in the age that, it, that Paul said is yet to come. I would say we're living in that age. I don't know if he had a certain one in mind, but we're living in an age. And he's talking about the age that was to come. And the age that was to come is now here. And we're living in it. He is gloriously enthroned. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. So when we stand on earth with, with our, metaphorically speaking, with a hand in the heavens, with our heart tied to what the Father is saying, we stand on earth, but our, our, our vision Our heart is consumed with the fact that he alone is a throne above every other name. Every government, he is enthroned above. That's what what our minds and our hearts are consumed with, right? Okay? And now we, okay, now we're talking about us. Say us. Us. We're the church, not this building. You and me, our hearts, the talents, the gifts, the abilities that God's putting. We are the church, right? Okay. So, and now we, his church, are his body on the earth. And that which fills him who is being filled by it. 
God's desire for you and me is that we'd get to a place spiritually where we can stand on the earth with a, with a hand in heaven, with a heart and vision consumed with what God sees. What does he see? What does he see about your situation? What does he see about your family? What does he see about your community, about your nation? What does he see? And for our hearts to be fully engulfed with what he sees. And then for us to stand here in your family, in your community, in your church, at your work, stand there and go, I see what heaven sees. But I'm standing right here as his church, as his body. That's how heaven comes to earth. That's how heaven comes to earth. That's how the problems that we face go away. You're a giant slayer. You're a problem solver. Now, please don't approach those problems like, I got it all figured out, and y'all need to let... No, no, no. Okay, we're not going to do that. But you are here as a problem solver. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be kind of frank and open. For... <laughs> when, when I look at the landscape, this is part of where this message, when I look at the landscape of our country and how polarized our country is, I told my mom this and she's like, said, I don't have much hope in our political system. Now, now what I'm not saying is what, what, I, what I'm not saying is don't vote, don't pray, don't get involved. I'm not saying that. Pray, get involved, vote. That's not, what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. Do those things. What I'm saying is it's become so obvious to me that either side doesn't have the full answer. You know why? Because the answer is only found in the kingdom of God. Well, what about the, yeah, I see some, I can, well, I can kind of, I can, yeah. You're not going to fully find it there. And you know what's so cool about this time? To me, is that I'm just kind of lost all hope. I'm still going to do those things, vote, pray, get involved, whatever. But I've kind of lost all hope, and I go, that's it. The only hope is that the kingdom of God would be released in our families, our communities, our nation. That's the only hope. That is the only hope. God, God, God put somebody in a, into an office. Awesome. But that person is not the answer. It's good. And, we, and I believe that God is putting who he needs into those places, and we're going to pray for them. Yes. But if you ever get to a place, you go, if we could just have this person, if we could just have these things in place in our government, then we'd be good. If you ever get to that place, wake up. Now you're trusting in something other than the kingdom of God. And now you've stepped into a place where you aren't trusting God. And guess what? It's going to crumble. It's sin. I said it. If you're trusting in something other than God, you've just stepped into idol worship. Now, not real fun Sunday morning talk. Oh, let's talk about idols and... You know, you know why something's an idol? Because it looks kind of similar to a God, but it lacks the power, it lacks the relationship, and it lacks the ability to meet and solve the problem. Yeah. 
But guess what? God ain't no idol. He's the real deal. He's everything that we need. And his kingdom provides everything that you and I could ever want or need. Every problem, the kingdom solves it. The king and his kingdom solves it. Every problem. Some of you here today, you're kind of like, man, I'm just kind of consumed by what's going on here. Kind of got this whole mess going on. If that's where you're at, then you need to join with God. Become a co-labor with God to figure out, all right, God, what are we doing about this right here? If that's what you're figuring out, that's where you're at. Awesome. But I believe that the vision for you and I, the ultimate goal, is that God's trying to get us into partnership with him. There goes my cheering squad. <laughs> He's trying to get us into a place where we go, all right, God, I've won some victories here, and I want to partner with you. What are you doing on the earth right now? What, what are we doing? I believe that's what God's looking for in this time. And so when I look at kind of the landscape I'm like, man, it's becoming so clear that the door for the kingdom of God to now invade is becoming so clear, like, huh, the time is now. I mean, it always has been, but it's now. The time is now. The opportunity is here. Can you see it? I'm like, come on. We've tried other stuff. We've been trying good ideas, right? There's plenty of good ideas. And some of them work for a while, but there's one idea, the king and his kingdom. That, that's an idea that'll last the test of time. Amen? Already has and will continue, huh? Uh, I had a conversation with a guy maybe like a month ago now and I was, yeah, so anyway, we were talking, and yeah, I'm involved in a church, and, and I love, by the way, I, I, I love the messages that we've been talking about, how it doesn't matter what body of believers you're a part of, if we're preaching the kingdom, if we're preaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, we're on the same team, and we're going the same way, right? So this church that he goes to, I don't know a whole lot about it, and I don't know if he, it doesn't sound like he's gotten these ideas from the church he goes to, so... But I'm not saying any names or whatever. But so he said this to me after we talked about it. He goes, yeah, so I think that God was created by, you know, when some human a long time ago expressed love to another human, not, not intimate, like sexual love, just cared for somebody, right? Did a good deed and showed love to somebody. And there God came. Like, that's where God came from. I'm like, huh. So we, we created God. He's like, yeah. It's like, huh. No kidding. Not much of a God. <laughs> if I can create him, not much of a, you know. And then he went on to explain further. His dad was actually a pastor. And he goes, yeah, when I was a little kid, one, one time I asked my dad, hey, dad, how did Jesus feed the 5,000 with a couple of fish and a few loaves, five and two, right? How did he do that? Well, and he goes, here's my dad said, well, son, 
it's not that he actually multiplied the fish and loaves. It's just that it was like kind of metaphorically speaking that everybody brought a little bit of their own and everybody shared what they had and then everybody had enough. And like, okay, so sharing, the message there is sharing is good, right? Sharing is good. But the reason why that that took place, like literally happened that Jesus fed the multitude with literally a, 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 a boy's small lunch is that we have to understand that if we're not believing in a God who does more than what we can do in and of ourselves, then we're, then what do we need God for? Right? The conclusion that he came to was that if I can just love somebody and create love, and that's God, then basically I create God. But what I'm saying is that the problems that we're facing and, and what God's calling us to is so much greater than what you and I can do in and of ourselves. It only can be done through God. This always boggles my mind that Jesus goes, love your enemies and do good to those who despitefully use you. That's logical, right? That's logical and totally a human capability, right? Wait, love my enemies? Not just like don't think about them and avoid them. Literally love your enemies and do good to those who despitefully use you. They ripped you off. They maliciously did something to you. No, do good to those. You know what Jesus was trying to communicate? The life that I'm calling you to is so much greater than what you can do in and of yourself that only by my grace, by my ability, will you be able to accomplish it. When we stand on earth looking at the landscape of our nation, looking at the landscape of our community, of our family, and we go, oh my God, what are you, I, uh, and God goes, yep. The dark has gotten darker, but guess what? It's making a way for the light to get brighter. How could we, exactly, how could we, we can't, but God can. When we stand on earth as his church, we get our hand into heaven, our hearts into heaven, we catch the vision that he has. See, because when we catch the vision, another we could say an idea, God will put an idea in your heart, he'll put an idea in your heart. With that idea comes the ability of God to bring transformation. Does that make sense? When God gives you an idea, with it is the power or the grace for that ability to bring transformation. And if you look at it, you go, yeah, I could probably do that. It's maybe not big enough. But if you look at it and you go, I don't have what it takes. All right, now we're there. I don't know how to walk free of sin. Then we're there. Because then only God can get you out. If you get yourself out, then you didn't need God. And if you didn't need God, you don't need a Savior. But you do need a Savior. And I need a Savior. And if we look at the landscape of our country, we go, how? Things are just so, you know, polarized. So messy. How? Exactly. Only the kingdom can bring the answer. Only the kingdom, the king and his kingdom, have the ability to bring peace. 
See, we were created to live in peace, right? Your mind was not ever meant to be tormented. Your mind wasn't designed to live in turmoil. Your heart, your spirit wasn't meant to live in a life where there's just turmoil. It wasn't meant to be there. But sometimes you experience that. But as a son or daughter of the king, you have the privilege of joining, partnering with the king and saying, all right, we got a little uh, turmoil here. What are we going to do, God? What are we going to do right here? And that's where we partner with him to bring peace where there isn't. Amen? I'm going to close with this last thought. I know, but I have to. I have to. I'd love to go on. Matthew 6, starting with verse uh, 9. Pretty familiar passage. It says that Jesus says, Pray like this Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all that we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. With, with all, of that I, of all, all of what I've said and even the worship that we're singing this morning, so good. What I want to communicate in these last few minutes is that I think there comes a time where we have to position ourselves in a place where we allow God to take his heart, his vision of what he sees and what he wants done and allows it, allow, allow, we allow him to put it into our heart, to imprint it, to form it into our heart. There, there are different types of prayer there's the petition prayer. We come to God and we go, God, I need this. And, and uh, you know, I need healing. I need help with my finances. I, we petition the Lord. We pray. But there's another type of prayer. There's a prayer where we position our hearts and we say, God, what, what are you saying? What's on your heart right now? What, what's the vision that you have for my family, for my community, for my nation? What are you saying and I think that's what Jesus, part of what he's saying right here in this, in this uh, prayer that he, that he taught his disciples. Our Father dwelling in the heavenly realms, may the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. He's saying position your heart where you go, God, whatever's taking place in your kingdom realm, let it come here on this earth. And then when you read further in the Gospels, you see that Jesus 
goes to his 70 disciples. He goes, all right, I'm commissioning you. Go cast out demons, set people free. Freely have received, freely give. So he commissions them. Okay, now go. And then, in, I don't know if it's in that same passage or another, but he goes, when you heal the sick, when you cast out a demon, say to them, the kingdom has come near you. The kingdom has just come near you. We have the ability to bring the kingdom. And I think it starts with positioning our hearts in prayer, saying, God, what are you saying? What are you seeing? What's in your heart? Put it here. Jesus is the head, but we're his body. And as we connect, as we stay connected with him, Pastor Steve spoke last week about uh, relationship versus religion, I believe, had to do with relationship. As we position ourselves there and we go, okay, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? Write it here. Form it here. Then we get to be the ones who stand on earth with a hand in heaven, and here comes the kingdom. I believe that with those in this room right now, within this, within this room right now, with the gifts, the calling, the personalities, the heart, in this room right here, right now, I believe the ability to transform our cities is here. Where you look in your city, in your community, and you go, oh man, I wish, I wish that problem could be changed. I wish that problem could be fixed. I wish that, that issue could be resolved. I believe the vision, the, the calling, the giftings of the people in this room right now, we have full ability, the full potential to transform our cities. I believe that. And you don't have to fix all the problems. That's why we're, we're the body. Everybody has their place. Everybody does their part. But I believe that God is, and I believe he has released ideas. He's released vision. He's released like this desire like, oh man, I, I see that. I want it to be right. I want, I want something to change there. If you have that, that's God. That's God putting his heart in you, his vision in you. It's happening. I know it's been happening, and I believe that this morning it's happening. That God's stirring something in us. God's stirring something in you. Position yourself to receive what he has. And then be, be courageous and take a step. We are how the kingdom comes to the earth. There's occasions where God just does his thing. Those are called miracles. But God loves and he's chosen to use you and me. He's chosen to do it that way. So his kingdom comes through you and me. Let it go. Amen. I'm going to pray over you as the band comes. Lord, we thank you. Yeah, man, we thank you for your word. 
Just thinking again about what, what Paul prayed in Ephesians. That he said, Jesus, when he died and rose again, he was placed in the highest place above every ruler, every authority, every government. He was placed above all of it. That there is no one greater, no one higher. There is no one. And then it says, Paul says, and has placed him head over all things. And we, the church, are his body. We, the church, are the manifestation, the revealing of Jesus. Lord, I pray this morning for a release of the ideas, the vision, the ideas. And God, the courage and boldness that in the face of shame, the face opposition, that we would continue to walk with the vision that you've given us. Lord, I pray that you'd fill hearts this morning with courage. Fill hearts this morning with hope. Give us eyes to see what you see. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this song. And as we do, be listening. Believe God's releasing ideas, strategies. Be listening. Man, let's sing. <laughs>